joy to be here and greetings to you from Peachtree Baptist Church and Georgia Baptist College. We are uh, privileged uh, to be able to be with you again. I remember a lot of your faces and have fond memories of uh, uh, some of our times together. And some of you have even been to Georgia to our camp meeting and you need to come down for that. That's our heart cry for revival camp meeting. It always starts on Father's Day week, so just share with you it is that meeting is when Dr. Frank McGuire started coming to our meeting, maybe before that, but we made him speaker when Dr. Avery Rogers was killed in the automobile mishap, who had been our main speaker for about six years or seven. And then Brother McGuire followed him, and what a great blessing to uh, be able to come back and to be among you folk, especially in light of the fact that uh, we uh, have the privilege to say to you thank you for your faithful support to the ministries of both Georgia Baptist College and to the Middle East Baptist Seminary. Let me just simply say to you that uh, God saved me when I was 13 years old and I gave my life to the Lord for gospel ministry at age 18. I am now 74. I'm still following the same path of righteousness and seeking to please God. And uh, it became my privilege to get under the burden early on of uh, training pastors and preachers and Christian workers for the ministry. And uh, I've always been strongly convicted that the program of God is the local church. And since God's program is the local church, then ministry should be carried on by local churches. And so when we started uh, Georgia Baptist College, it was in 1980. In 1978, we started the missions, I mean, a work there with emphasizing missions and training missionaries and outreach. And it was during that period of time, in 1978, we started a Bible Institute. The Institute was a two-year program, and by the time those students got to the end of that two years, they were saying, Pastor David, please go on and start the college. And we did, and we went to the college in 1980, and then about four years later, we started uh, Georgia Baptist Theological Seminary. The seminary there is for the training of uh, men and women for graduate level studies. Uh, the Master of Divinity was the primary degree that we offered, but since then, as you'll see, there's a list of them uh, here. Uh, let's see, it's not this list, but that one over there. Those are all of our majors and what have you. We added uh, Christian school teaching teachers uh, several years ago. Uh, some of you, did you know Susanna Clifton, any of you? All right, she graduated seven years ago, she and her sister uh, from our Bible college, and they went to Peru, and they labored in Peru uh, for the last seven years. And uh, yesterday, Susanna was married. She married a Peruvian school teacher who is a Christian and believer. And uh, so we were on our way here making pretty good time. So we stopped in Lynchburg and viewed it on Facebook and were a part of the wedding on yesterday. And it was a great blessing to us. 
And in this newsletter, you'll have a picture of Susanna. And but uh, uh, our program has been recognized by the American Association of Christian Schools, and we certify them through them. And all of our teachers are certified to teach primarily in Christian schools. But we have learned that state schools will take them in certain situations if they'll come in and take a church history, not a church history, but a state history, and that qualifies them supposedly for that teaching in the public school. I personally uh, do not train them to teach in public schools, and I'm okay with public schools if that's what you have, and it's a conservative one. If you could have one like I had when I grew up, uh, I remember... When I went into the sixth grade, Mr. Harold Reese was my school teacher. Well, what's interesting about the thing is he was chairman of the deacons of my home church. I got promoted seventh grade and so did Mr. Reese. I was interested to learn that later on they, they promoted him to eighth grade, so I had him three years in a row. And uh, there was always accountability when you come to the house of God where my mother, my mother grew up in a family of school teachers. My grandfather Compton was her mother, her father was uh, was a Baptist pastor and also an educator, and he was uh, involved in uh, uh, the public school system there in Pickens County, Georgia. He was the school superintendent for 17 years, so he had seven daughters and one son. And five of the daughters became school teachers. So, uh, if you got a if you got a superintendent daddy, he can help you get a long way down the road on that kind of stuff. But we're always uh, grateful for the local church and this fact that Mr. Reese. And I have a lot of good memories of that. But at any rate, I want to go on to point out to you that if there was not a Georgia Baptist College, there'd have never been a Middle East Baptist Seminary. And uh, Georgia Baptist College, when we started it, we started it by establishing reciprocity with other Christian colleges. And uh, our program was early on recognized by the Master's College out in California. It was recognized by Bob Jones University, in those days Tennessee Temple University, and then later on Liberty University and others. So they still recognize our program which is a blessing, and many of our students have graduated and gone to these schools. Piedmont was another one. So uh, it's interesting uh, that uh, God has blessed us with that legacy. Well, I'm going to hurry and point out to you, move and shift. If you've got any questions about Georgia Baptist College, we have information here uh, about the college, the programs. And uh, we're strong on the King James Bible, not because that... Uh, Folk will often say, well, it's old, archaic English and you can't understand it. Well, nobody understands the Bible except the Holy Spirit teaches them. So let me just simply say to you, our concern is not archaic language. Our concern is the text from which it was translated. And so we have entire classes and sections that we teach on the, the scriptures and how we got our Bible and how the best translations come to us from, especially in the English language, from the received text or the textus recepticus. Now, uh, let me see, where is it? Uh, here it is. 
this chart, we've got copies of them somewhere. I don't know where they are, guys, but you need to help me find them. That you're welcome to take this chart. It will help you. It will be beneficial, but it gives you the history of the eclectic text in Alexandria. And over here, it gives you the history of the received text or the King James Version. And uh, it's probably one of the best charts I use in the classroom all the time. But uh, it's interesting that the Antiochian text, which is the received text, uh, is the text that, from which our King James Bible comes. Now understand what I'm saying. In the King James English, and in the particularly the English language, the King James that we hold in our hands is probably the best text you can have in the English language. I don't, uh, uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time here, but there's 5,210, 5,210 manuscripts from which they compare manuscripts to uh, make sure that they've got the right translation of the scripture. They take the different manuscripts. See, whether you have it or not, we have to say this, that uh, there were scribes that printed, they copied the scriptures, they didn't have printing presses, and they would have scribal errors. But uh, what's interesting is when you got 5,210 manuscripts, you can lay them all side by side and you can compare them and you can correct the mistakes following, they're not all making the same mistake. So what's been blessed is that this text comes from Antioch of Syria, where the church at Antioch of Syria had its uh, beginning where Paul was sent out along with Barnabas as missionaries. The Alexandrian text is known as the Westcott Hort text. This text, now here's the comparison, 5,210 manuscripts. You got me? You understand what we're talking about there, copies. Over here they have about 45 copies. So you're running around with an NIV or an ESV or any of these other translations, you have a translation that is not vindicated. It's not been established. And I really suggest to you to understand we're not looking at it from a standpoint that, that it is uh, language issues harder to understand because it's old English. That's not the issue. The issue is the text from which it was translated. So God has preserved his scriptures. We believe that and we give him the glory. Didn't mean to get in it. I also wrote a track explaining just what I said to you. All right. In 1982, I went to Egypt for the first time. And uh, interestingly enough, that same year, I went to India for the first time. And uh, I went to teach. They asked me to come into uh, their ministries and would I teach and deal with national pastors. And I was glad to do that. So the situation became uh, very, very clear in the fact that uh, when I started that ministry in the Middle East, it was a ministry that uh, was every other year I would go in and teach national pastors. And then after that, I would go the odd years to India and teach national pastors. And that burden became so heavy and real 
that I was approached, uh, so we had a man to graduate from our uh, seminary in 1995, Dr. Emmanuel Damara, uh, who happens to be Eliezer's uncle, uh, came to uh, study with us and received his Master of Theology and he went back as PhD from the University of Hyderabad. And by the way, he wrote a defense uh, of the Gospel and uh, to an all-Hindu doctoral committee. And you say, how in the world did he get that passed? By the grace of God, he's smarter than I am. He made this statement. He says, I cannot go in and present the resurrection. They will not accept it. But he said, I will go in and show them one of the Christian teachers' philosophy who was renowned. And he took one of those theologians, Indians, and gave their history and taught them what he taught and gave a defense of the gospel coming in the back door. So it worked out for him. But I simply say to you that uh, he started a school there. And that school is considered an extension of Georgia Baptist College. He calls it, uh, Spurgeon called his college uh, the pastor's college. So he calls his school the pastor's college. So he only has 25 students. He will not receive more than 25. And every year they'll graduate 25 or whatever finishes the class. And uh, then they bring in more for the next year. In Egypt, I went in originally as uh, uh, teaching national pastors and time was not, not uh, really on our side with that because it was so slow that we could only help a few at the time. Uh, though I'd have large classes, maybe a hundred students, uh, you just could not make any progress of going in and hit and miss type teaching. Uh, 2002, I was approached by the pastors, the Baptist pastors in Kuwait. I'd been in there preaching and teaching. They asked me would I come and start a seminary. And I told them, sure. Well, long story short, I went in and I tried my best to get it started and uh, we met with the director of the Evangelical Alliance there and uh, they turned me down. They said, no, you can't come here and start a Baptist school. First question he asked me was, do you speak in tongues? I said, no. He said, we speak in tongues here and all of our people speak in tongues and you're not welcome because that would upset the teachings here. Well, right in that same meeting, there's a man spoke up and says, we can do it in Alexandria, Egypt. And I said, well, we'll see. So we flew from there to Cairo, and I landed in Cairo. And surprisingly enough, the Baptist pastors there had made an arrangement for me to meet with the Minister of Education uh, for all education coming from outside into Egypt. And when I went in, and except to sit down with them and started this, uh, I had no clue who I was talking to or what was going on. I remember uh, seeing uh, this uh, gentleman's picture hanging with Mubarak and, and uh, other uh, Egyptian leaders and president. I thought, there's not a chance for me to do anything here. They're all Muslims. And then uh, he said to me, and he scared me to death, Brother Paul, he looked at me and he said, Dr. Dickerson, 
I want to ask you a question. What is your soteriology? Whoop! Blew my socks off. This man is using Christian theological terms. And I said, uh, well, we believe salvation's of the Lord. We hold to the doctrines of grace. And we're historical Baptists. I didn't say hysterical Baptists. I said historical Baptists. And I said it's very settled in our hearts and minds that salvation is the Lord. And he looked at me and he said, uh, well, he said, uh, that is good. And I thought, praise God, I got a Muslim on my side. He stood up. When he did, I stood up because I knew if the fellas in charge of standing up, I needed to stand up. I thought he may throw me out on my ear, but he didn't. He ran his hand across the desk. He said, I'm a born-again believer. I'm a Reformed Presbyterian. And he said, I want to help you start this good. He said, we don't need any of that other stuff in here with another gospel. We want the truth. And so that was the beginning. And one year later, we started classes in Alexandria, Egypt, in the medical center there. They gave us a space that we could start classes. And to God be the glory, that first meeting, first module, we had 63 students, all master level study. No bachelors, all master level. Because there was no master's program in the country. Well, we were blessed in the fact that they said, okay, uh, the Reformed Presbyterian guy called me up and he says, you're getting all of our students from the Presbyterian school. I said, no, they had to go to your school because they didn't have a Baptist school. Now they got a Baptist school and we're not taking your students. He said, oh, it doesn't matter. But at any rate, long story short, the next module we had was uh, that one started in March and the next one we had was in June and we had 115 students enrolled. All of them, doctors, engineers, school teachers, these were men with degrees and had been saved and called to preach. And so we started teaching them and God was so gracious to us in the whole program that uh, after that it kind of settled down. We said we can't afford to take care of 115 plus this is all we can handle. And I'll just put a long story short and just simply say to you that uh, now, this was in 2002 that we started in 2017. The school had graduated 150 men plus with their master's degree from all over the Middle East. And uh, we give God this. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not me, it's God. And I can honestly say this, it is a miracle. But interestingly enough, the Lord helped us in this. And when we got to the place that in 2017, that they met, the parliament met, and uh, they voted. Now listen to me. The Egyptian parliament voted. Middle East Baptist Seminary, the outstanding seminary of Egypt. So we got the documentation that hangs on the wall. Coming with that was full accreditation. It's recognized in Europe as well as throughout the Middle East. We were so blessed in the whole thing that I uh, had a fellow to come to us and he said to me, he says, uh, well, he said, we got to help this program a little more. And I call him my Nehemiah. 
and in a few moments we're going to show you a three minute uh, quick uh, uh, I'm going to say DVD but they don't call them that no more it's a thumb drive whatever that is at any rate you'll get to see it I did not make this one this was made by our authorities there and you'll rejoice to know that our program is to train men to do the work and we will pull out we're not in there to stay and we may not be allowed to stay you know they'll push us out so here's the key to the thing we we praise god that right now we were able to train two men by our choice we chose these two men they were graduated top of the class and with their master of divinity and uh, we paid for them to go to into a doctoral program I worked hard to get them into a doctoral program. They got into a doctoral program, and by your gifts and what have you, we were able to to pay for their PhDs. So we have a men now that are taking up the work, and they're qualified men. And uh, so I got to shut up. My time's gone. Tim, you will speak before I preach next hour. So he's over here thinking he's going to, Pastor David's taking all my time. Uh, but the key to the thing is, is that you will rejoice to know. Last module, when I was there, and that was uh, uh, back in March, we had 60 students from nine different countries. And they're coming in from different countries all over the Middle East and studying with us. And uh, they're working on master's level study. Well, our guys there that have the PhDs decided, well, it's about time that we do something ourselves. I said, yes, you should. So they started the Bible college. I had nothing to do with that except help raise money for it. But what a blessing it's been now. We got men come along and they have about 30 students on the average that go year round to the Middle East Baptist Bible College and they're running the whole school they'll let me come in and do a seminar every once in a while but they don't allow me to do the teaching they said we'll take care of that I said okay well here I am thinking well we're moving right along this is great you know and then what do I hear we want to go into South Sudan and start an extension of the Middle East Baptist College and Seminary I said, man, we don't have that kind of money. No, we're going to do it by module, just like you've done. You come in here three times a year and said, we want you to let us go three times a year into South Sudan. You'll rejoice to know, and I'll tell you some more about the Sudanese. They're giants, literally. And I'll tell you about them. They're not one of those Sudanese men that I don't look up to. I mean, they're all the way up there, big, tall men. And uh, what's so blessed about the thing is many of them have received their masters and now have gone on and getting their doctorates. And they're building their own school right there in the country. And what we're doing is we're going in and teaching in module form. And all we have to have is a Baptist church with a place for classrooms and a place to sleep the students when they come in. So the Lord's good to us. I mean, that's just great. Yeah, I was there in May. He said, Pastor David, our vision has increased. 
said, okay. said, if we can do it in South Sudan, why can't we do it in every country in Africa? You know what that means, Miss Wanda? I got to raise some more money, you know. <laughs> Dr. Lucilius, my associate pastor and vice president of our, our college and seminary, he'll tell you this, and you'll love this. He says, when Pastor David dies, we're going to put on his grave marker, and the beggar dies. <laughs> That's okay. I'd rather be doing this for the Lord than anything I know. And I'm so excited. And uh, you'll get to see a glimpse. The fellow that came to me said, I got a building I want you to, the way he said, he said, I want you to have. But then he put a little stipulation on it. He said, it cost me $750,000 to get this four story building to where it is. But said, if you'll, if you'll raise $350,000, uh, we'll take care uh, of the thing. And you and I together will give it to the Independent Baptist Churches of Egypt. He had invested 750000 in the building. And I went home and prayed. I tried to get away from it. Uh, but we, we went ahead and took it on. I'm just a real simple, old-fashioned Baptist preacher. But I believe God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. If you're willing to give your life to God, say, Lord, here it is. I want you to use me. I like what Vance Sadler said. I see a lot of gray heads in here. I can say that because I don't even have hair. But uh, I'm 74 year old, so I, I want what's left of my life to count for him. Old Vance Havner, who you heard quote so much, made this statement. So you're old. Your years are going away. Just remember the Lord is Lord of what's left. If we'll just say, Lord, here am I, use me, it will amaze you. you. Want to rejoice with me on this? We just had our Heart Cry for Revival Count meeting. And during that meeting, we owed on $350,000 balance, we paid it down to 120000 And we went into that conference, and a person came up to me and says, I'm going to give $25,000 secret. If they'll match it. And about three hours later, we had $50,000. Now we got the payment down with some other monies that's come in to 62000 That's our balance. Isn't God good? He supplies the needs. And uh, you'll rejoice to see the building. They want you to see it. This was put together by Dr. Joseph. Labib, who is actually Habib, I'm sorry, who is actually the president there in Egypt now. All right, we want to show this thing. Yes. Uh, we'll have question and answer time after a while. You can watch it. We have to turn out the lights. Ken, can you get the lights? Yeah. Well, I've seen it. I don't want to stand in front of you. <laughs>
MIPS functions out of their newly purchased three-story building in Sharuk City near Cairo, Egypt. The building features classrooms and dorms for the 30 to 50 students and teachers who convene each term for the intensive Bible classes. MEBS MEPS began offering classes in 2003 through a local church as an extension of Georgia Baptist College and Seminary. MEPS purchased a building in Sharuk City in 2017. They received the Egyptian Evangelical Denomination approval in 2017, and they were accepted as a member of the Middle East and North Africa Association for Theological Education in 2020. Additionally, MEPS founded a journal in the Arabic language for scholarly discussion of contemporary biblical issues with a recent issue focusing on creation science. In 2017, MEPS answered a call from local pastors from the Republic of South Sudan to teach classes there as well. Currently, MEPS professors travel to teach intensive Bible classes at the undergraduate and graduate level three times per year Juba, South Sudan as well. Recently, a new church was founded in the chapel of the MIPS building to minister to the growing diverse population of Sharuk City. Now, we will hear from a couple of MIPS students. My name is Samuel Samara. I am from Eritrea. I am currently living in Cairo, Egypt. I am a minister in local church. I have been studying in Middle East Baptist Seminary in uh, master's level. More than anything else, I'm very, very happy to get this opportunity. Uh, this is also helpful for my ministry and will deepen my biblical knowledge. Finally, I would like to thank for all professors and staff members for their enthusiasm and commitment. God bless you. My name is Lenya, and I am the second year of Master's Studies in Middle East Baptist Theology Seminary. It has affected me so much in all aspects, in knowing the Lord and in Biblical studies too. It has also equipped me in my worship and raising my kids to know the Lord more and my ministry. I am so happy and blessed to be one of the students enrolled in MIPS. Just like the Bible urges us to know the Lord more and grow in His with a vision to reach out to English-speaking African countries as well, MEPS began a distance learning program for those who cannot afford to travel to Egypt or South Sudan. Please come alongside MEPS with your prayer and consider supporting this important and impactful work for the glory of God. I knew this, your brother, a long time ago. It seemed about 100 years ago. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I first made him do that he was a man of vision. Some people only have vision but no action. <laughs> but uh, but um, he put feet to his prayers, the prayers of those that were backing up uh, that vision as it were. Um, 
in Georgia to start with, of course, college and seminary, but also to Egypt. I remember when he was with us back, I forget what year it was, he was with us in, in uh, uh, Italy, but uh, it was a blessing to have him uh, there with a the brother. But uh, also he had some Bibles to take into Egypt, and so what well, was the customs or something blocking you? We had to, you know, how hot as it were. Yep. I think they were just pocketing the money probably, but <laughs> regardless, that's the way Italy works. But anyway, the Bibles got there. And uh, we just thank the Lord for what he has done, what he is doing, and continues to do, and how it's expanding into Africa, all these Middle East, other Middle Eastern uh, countries, but also into African countries there. And uh, let's just keep praying, keep giving. And, uh, you know, it's something to think about. One of these days, we'll meet these brethren yes. on the other side. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for what you have done and are doing and will do through the great ministry that started many years ago in Georgia, to the Middle East, to Egypt, and now to other countries in Africa, other Middle Eastern countries, Lord. Oh. And we know that salvation is of the Lord, that it's a sovereign work of God. Father, we know that there must be that work of the Holy Spirit of God in hearts to bring them to life in Christ. That Bring them to acknowledge you, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we thank you that you've been doing that and that you continue to do it. And Lord, we pray that you continue to bless. Protect your people in these hard places, too. We know there's a lot of persecution. Oh, yes. Too. And, oh, God, have mercy upon them. We know there have been many martyrs. And, Lord, much destruction of church buildings and, and persecution of every nature. But, oh, God, we know that you're not only God of all praise, but you're our great protector. You're the Lord of hosts as well. Pray that you continue to use Brother David and Dr. Lucidius, Brother Gaddy down there in Georgia, but also these dear pastors, these leaders, these teachers uh, there in the Middle East as well. Bless and use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have about a five-minute break, so if you need to stretch your legs, then let's start the 11 o'clock service just a little bit later. <laughs> glad to answer any questions you might have as we go along and then we're going to have lunch together I think so yes I'm here and these boys are too